content warning, this episode does include a discussion of domestic abuse, so if you would not like to hear that, maybe give this one a skip. Anyone who listens to the show will probably be aware that I'm a big fan of musicals, and there are plenty of reasons for this. Not that anyone needs a reason to love musicals. Who doesn't enjoy when people burst into song to reveal their deepest feelings? I mean, you know, probably some people, but the hell with them. I love musicals not only because they're basically an antidepressant, but also as someone who's autistic and doesn't always have the easiest time understanding the unspoken, as well as expressing emotions myself, I find the concept of a world where the truth is voiced in song extremely relieving. That said, there are plenty of musicals that aren't just sunshine and gladness. In fact, many of my favorite musicals of all time, from Sweeney Todd to South Pacific to Pal Joey, are about some really fucked up shit. And that's why they're good. The songs serve a purpose on the level of character and social commentary and one of my all-time favorites, a show whose soundtrack I come back to time and again, is Roger and Hammerstein's 1945 musical Carousel. Adapted from the Ferenc Molnar play and 1934 Fritz Lang movie, Lilium. The plot in brief, Billy Bigelow, originated on stage by John Raitt, taken over by Gordon McRae for the film version, is a carnival barker in Maine in the late 1870s. One day he meets a young girl named Julie, and they reluctantly fall in love with each other. But Billy is not a nice guy, to put it mildly. He's vain, boastful, constantly out of the job, disrespectful, and a huge jerk to women. And although he loves Julie, he won't ever tell her. The closest he comes is in the duet, If I Loved You, where Billy and Julie try to sing their feelings to each other in a roundabout way that saves them from actually admitting that they're in love. Billy and Julie get married, and Billy, now unemployed, has become increasingly violent towards Julie. He hits her, and it's only after Julie reveals her pregnancy that Billy starts treating her with actual care and respect. However, the knowledge that he will soon be a father also leads him to make the choice that will lead to his death. He decides to take on a risky robbery, just so he'll have enough money to give his child a better life than he had. And what leads him to this conclusion? Well, a song, but not just any song. A partly sung, partly spoken, eight-minute aside called Bill's Soliloquy, in which he wonders what his child is going to be like. I wonder what he'll think of me. I guess he'll call me the old man. I guess he'll think I can lick every other feller's father. Well, I can. 
first he's excited. He's going to have a boy, and of course he'll be named Bill after himself. My boy Bill, I will see that he's named after me. I will. And this won't just be any boy. He will be butch as fuck. He can ferry a boat in a river, or pedal a pack in his back, or work up and down the streets of a town with a whip and a horse and a hack. But then, about two-thirds of the way through, Billy stops, troubled by a new thought. And here the song radically changes. The entire melody is replaced by a gentle kind of a lullaby, as Billy realizes that he might not have a boy after all. He might have a girl. And what then? Wait a minute. Could it be? What the? What if he is a girl? Bill. Bill. What would I do with her? What could I do for her? A bum with, with no money. Suddenly he sees everything more clearly. He's gonna have a girl, which does turn out to be true, by the way. And she's going to need him to make sure her gender stays pure and protected. Because it's the 1940s and that's how it works. Can have fun with a son, but you gotta be a father to a girl. She mightn't be so bad at that. A kid with ribbons in her hair, a kind of sweet and petite. Little tin type of her mother, what a my little girl. Right after this song, Billy joins his friends in the attempted robbery and dies when he accidentally stabs himself with his knife. And this is right at the top of Act Two, long before the show's end. So what happens to Billy, and how does Julie cope with being left all alone, pregnant and scared? Well, basically, Billy goes to purgatory, and Julie raises the girl, Louise, by herself. Louise quickly becomes a social outcast due to the fact that she's being raised by a single mother, and also due to her tomboy proclivities. She's lonely, and she has to deal with the stigma of who her father was. And she can't fit in in her small, judgmental hometown. When we meet Billy in Purgatory, we're told that Louise is having trouble on Earth, and that if Billy can go down to Earth for one day to help her out, he can ascend to heaven. And that's just what he does. I won't get into the ending and everything that happens, not least of all because it involves a really insane romanticization of the domestic abuse that Julie faced from Billy. But even with all that shit, there's nothing that gets me like Carousel. Maybe it's the idea of a father only getting to meet his child after he's dead, and only for a moment. Maybe it's the idea that we can't and shouldn't be judged for our parents' status or lack thereof. Maybe it's just the through line of Billy, who has his own gender weirdness, having a girl who doesn't fit the prim proper mold, who runs out onto the beach barefoot and can't really make friends, and has to go her own way and get out of the town that ruined her parents' lives. I don't know what it is, I just know that when I hear you'll never walk alone, or God forbid Bill's soliloquy, I cry. A lot. Because think about it, 
Think about all the work and effort and excitement parents put into thinking about who their kid is going to be long before they're born. Think about the expectations they set and the promises they make to themselves about how the kid is going to reflect on them, how this kid's life is going to be everything they couldn't have, how it's going to be this grand extension of their own life on Earth. But when parents get lost in this romantic fantasy, as Billy does, they lose sight of something important. That baby, who isn't even a baby yet, is going to become a person. And when you bring a person into this world, you don't automatically have the privilege of knowing who they are or understanding them. That's the part that takes hard work. And Billy was willing to do that work, at least in his own head, for a moment. He was willing to change everything shitty about himself, just so he could have a daughter who felt safe and loved. And his desire to do that, to fundamentally change into a better person for his daughter, is the thing that ultimately gets him killed. She's gonna be sheltered and fed and dressed in the best that money can buy. I never knew how to get money, but I'll try, I'll try, I'll try. I'll go out and make it, or steal it, or take it, or die. I sometimes wonder if that's all it takes to be a good parent. The willingness to imagine a kid that isn't perfect, that doesn't make you proud or doesn't fit into the way you think your life should be. A kid that maybe isn't going to be a carbon copy of you, but who still deserves love and protection and happiness. I love that Billy takes the time to wonder and imagine and even be frightened about the prospect of a child, even in his gender essentialist kind of depressing way. And I wonder why it's so hard for a lot of people to do the same. Why is it so hard for parents to extend the same love and courtesy to their living children as they do to the idea of a child? I guess the answer is obvious. But still, it doesn't have to be that way. With all the attacks happening on trans kids in America right now, it's easy, for me at least, to view the quote-unquote concerned parents as the real villains here. Because look at how much evil happens in the name of protecting the youth. We're living in a time when a lot of parents of cis children view the existence of trans kids as an intrinsic threat to their own kids' innocence. And that's amazingly fucked up. And it's already ruining a lot of kids' lives. So yes, even though Billy Bigelow was a pretty terrible person, he had enough of a sense of wonder and curiosity to imagine a child who wasn't part of his fantasy of a perfect son. He imagined a daughter in need of care, in need of a father, not just a friend. And it's only then, in the few hours before dying, that he sees how it needs to be. That it's him who needs to change for her, and not the other way around. Totally Trans Minisodes is a production of the Totally Trans Podcast Network. Find us on Twitter at Totally Trans Podcast and support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash totally trans. So we have a new patron this week at the $5 or more level. 
So first, today, we would like to thank Elsie Astro. Who is the magical Lisa Frank space knight of our dreams. DirtyCuppy.com Quality Queerwear is a trans-owned and operated family apparel and accessories business in Portland, Oregon. As their name implies, they can drape you in affordable, gender-affirming fashion from head to toe, and even offer a selection of home goods besides. So, whether you're in the market for a dapper button-down or a dress with pockets, Nerdy Cuppy will literally have you covered. You can get 10% off your order at checkout with the discount code TOTALLYTRANS. So remember, visit nerdycuppy.com. That's N-E-R-D-Y-K-E-P-P-I-E. Dot com, or use the easier to remember it has pockets dot gay, and use discount code totally trans for ten percent off at checkout. And thanks again for listening. We also have benefits for being a subscriber to our Patreon and some cool ass T shirts on our Redbubble and T Public store. So yeah, you could check those out. Get get some cool shirts and stuff like our our X Men and our. Maybe you this part. You're doing great. (laughs) Yeah, we have our X-Men shirt, our Cooper Donuts Riot shirt, which if you listened to last week's episode of Our Sacred History, you will know a bit more about. Uh, We have a bunch of great designs. We're moving everything over. We've moved everything over to Redbubble from TeePublic. So check out there for new designs. The TeePublic's probably just going to stay up for a while, but we're not going to add new things to it. Also, if you back us at $5 or more a month, you can access the new Patreon Discord, which is a great place to join the conversation about the comics we'll be reading and ask your questions. Also, you can contact us on the Twitter using hashtag TFAQ. And hey, uh, if you're interested in sponsoring us, uh, you should let us know because we would love to work with some, some queer and trans creators and not just like sell mattresses and meal kits and stuff. Uh, yeah, I would really hate to find out that one of our ads is for, like, I don't know, a fucking knife missile from some weird military oh, company we, at some point. We can't make so, jokes yeah. with the knife missile. Robert Evans will sue us. <laughs> oh, sorry. 